Are Christians inconsistent in the scientific endeavours they will and won't support? What should we do when science and Christian ethics clash? Do Christians simply change their interpretation of scripture based on the latest scientific developments? These and many other questions like them will be discussed this episode. Welcome to Deeper, a podcast by Wollongong Baptist Church. Join us as we take the plunge and dive deeper into God's Word, the Bible. Here, we'll unpack and examine further the Bible talks presented on Sundays across our three English-speaking services. Today, we'll be thinking through more from our latest instalment in our apologetic series titled Conversations That Matter, as we seek to thoughtfully respond to the sincere questions asked by many about the Christian faith and church. So, let's get right into it and dive deeper. Grace Jones and thank you for joining us once again. We are continuing our series titled Conversations That Matter Um, and last weekend we had a look at the question, hasn't science made God irrelevant? Um, Joining me today is Ken Davies, thanks for being here. It's great to be on the right side of the microphone this time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, you did a great job last week (laughs) and the week before. (laughs) I think it's harder to be um, the one answering the question, surely. I'm not sure. Oh really? (laughs) Well, that's nice for me, I guess. (laughs) Um, Well, thank you for being here and thanks for your talk on the weekend. Can you just take us through um, what you actually said? Yeah, yeah. Really, basically, the the idea is that science uh, claims to be able to explain a whole lot of things that we observe in the world. Uh, And science is objective, it's potentially neutral, uh, it's done amazing things. And the first part of the talk was just recognizing the reality uh, that science has done incredible things. It's it's resulted in great benefits to us. Uh, As a result of that, many people give it a a great deal of authority. There's a lot of trust in science because of the things that it has done for us. But that then leads to a belief that, well, it's able to tell us information about all sorts of things, including the fact that, well, God in the past was given as the explanation for why a whole lot of things take place. Why does the rain fall? Um, How does the sun move? Uh, God's behind all of those things. But then now that we can explain those things, does that mean that God's no longer relevant at all? Um, I then raised some issues of the logic that's behind that. Um, There are things that we can believe um, logically, uh, but then go against them, contradict them with our lives. Um, There can be multiple explanations to the one thing, and those explanations are both true at the same time. Um, There's a weakness in trying to use science to explain everything, because science isn't the tool, the right tool, uh, to use to analyze things like beauty or art. and then that then leads into this question of some things that we know are actually based on historical understanding of what took place. There's no scientific experiment that can be done to measure or explain something. You actually have to rely on science, uh, on history in order to be able to investigate those things. Mm. And so that then leads into a discussion of Jesus um, and, and Thomas. Uh, Thomas interacts with Jesus and doesn't want to believe that he's resurrected because he hasn't seen him. Uh, Jesus very graciously uh, allows Thomas to have the evidence that he demands, but then explains that not everybody's going to get that same experience. And a lot of people are going to have to trust in the witness of others 
Uh, and so as we try to investigate Jesus, it's not going to be a scientific experimentation or scientific investigation. It's going to be a primarily historical one. Uh, and so we need to recognize that that's the reality. It's not that it makes it less uh, true. It's just a different tool that's used in order to investigate him. Mm. Uh, well, a couple of questions for you following on from that talk then. Um, you mentioned that, uh, yeah, you quoted a couple of different Bible verses, um, things like the sun rises mm-hmm. and sets and races back to where it rises, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, do Christians change their reading of the Bible based on the latest scientific theories? Uh, to what extent does our current cultural climate actually filter the way that we interpret parts of Scripture? Yeah, the answer has to be yes, Christians do change. Um, the reality is, is if people just read the Bible, um, they're not going to come up with the whole concept of evolution. Uh, it was only because evolution was proposed as a theory for how we've got what we have um, that people then started reading the Bible in light of what science has said and alterations were made. Some people have accepted that, well, this is what the creation account is actually describing. It's just describing it in far less detail. Um, I guess the further question is, should Christians alter their reading of the Bible mm. based upon the, on the current climate? Yeah. Uh, and, and straight after um, the sermon going home that night, uh, there, was a, there was a show on TV um, talking about how Christians need to reinterpret the Bible based upon science because science has proven that homosexuality is something that's uh, it's just is that's the way that we are and so to require people to turn away from that uh, is something that's going against science Mm. and so science has again the claim here to be the ultimate authority and the Bible has to get in line with science and some Christians are happy to go along with that or some people that um, yeah, and, and so they change their reading of the Bible to match up with science. Mm. Um, I, I think that that's a very dangerous road to go down. Yeah. Uh, we're giving authority uh, to something that uh, on issues on which it probably shouldn't even be claiming to have that level of authority. Uh, well, is it simply a cop-out then to talk away parts of Scripture that seem to contradict scientific revelation? by saying that they're not actually speaking literally? Yeah, it, it obviously can be, um, but I don't think that it is. I think that that if we flatten out all literature and say that the only way that we can read the Bible is literally, um, we're actually denying the very nature of what the book is itself. It's not. It doesn't claim to be one style of literature and you mm. have to read it all in one particular way. There's poetry, there's uh, history, there's all sorts of descriptions, there's letters to people, there's, there's all sorts of things that are going on there and we don't read uh, all literature in exactly the same way and so it's not just a cop-out, it's actually taking the Bible on its own terms and trying to read it as it's designed to be. Like the, the very fact that I've said flattening out literature doesn't mean that I'm running over a book with a steamroller. <laughs> You're using a figure of speech right. and most people can uh, recognise that that's what's taking place. And the Bible uses figures of speech as well. And so that's not to say that it's wrong or that oh, that's what they tried to mean by it in the past or you're just adapting it because now you, you have more knowledge. Uh, it's just recognising the literature for what it is. I think the helpful thing is is that science does make us 
question things that we may have made assumptions that this is what the Bible's saying. And so science is not uh, opposition and trying to, to show we're wrong, but science can actually be a really helpful tool to actually make us question, have I got the right reading of this? Have I assumed something here that I shouldn't be assuming? Well, part of your talk questioned why science and the Christian faith are so often presented as being at odds with each other at all. Um, you pointed out that there can be different but equally true explanations for the same thing. Um, and you used an example of, um, well, why is the kettle boiling? And there was a scientific explanation for that. And then there was the meaning behind that of, I want a cup of tea. Um, that was really helpful. I found that, um, that illustration really helpful. The Bible and scientific exploration offer us different things. They don't necessarily have to be rivals. That's um, what you were saying as part of your, your talk. Um, however, surely there's a point where science and Christianity just simply cannot be considered compatible. Um, areas of science that cross over into areas of ethics surely start to form some problems for us. So I'm thinking of things like cloning, like abortion, like euthanasia. Um, at one level, we can embrace science, but at what point, if any, should Christians reject scientific development? Yeah, that's a really great question. And I'm not sure that I can tell you exactly where the line is. Um, the, the boiling kettle uh, illustration comes from John Lennox, so that's not mine. Um, and there's a, <laughs> there's a great, on the e-news, if you get that, um, there's a link to a, uh, a debate between John Lennox and an atheist. Uh, they talk for about an hour and 40 minutes about this whole topic. And so there's a lot of great insights that he gives into where this, um, where the debate's actually going and what's a more helpful way of understanding it. Um, I think it, the, the definition that I gave for science, which was based on a, an Australian scientific organisation, that science is both the, the manner of investigating and the conclusions that are drawn from those facts, um, is really helpful here because I don't think that many Christians are debating the whole scientific methodology, the fact that we can investigate things, the fact that we can do experiments, uh, that we want objectivity, uh, we want to be able to try and find out exactly what's taking place. We can see things with our own eyes like bowling balls and feathers falling at different rates. Mm -hmm. But until we investigate that and actually try to understand really what's going on here, well, we don't actually understand it fully. Um, it's when the conclusions are then drawn that our objectivity starts to decrease because as soon as we're starting to interpret those facts, um, that's when our own understanding of what's going on is incorporated into the science. And science at that point starts to lose its objectivity. Uh, there's there's a, a natural um, importation of presuppositions that we've already thought about this thing. We've already tried to understand why it's taking place. Uh, and so the other example was the, the Australian medical guys that investigated the, the stomach ulcers. Um, yeah. Science had investigated these things and, and they didn't just decide, oh, you're not supposed to eat fatty food. There was, a, there was a correlation between people eating fatty food and stomach ulcers. And so it wasn't that there was no science there, but it was that further pushing on from original observations to, well, what's the causative, um, the one that's actually making this take place. And so science is really good at trying to find those base causes to think. Um, and so I, th I, I don't think that we need to doubt that kind of level of science, uh, 
but recognizing that scientists all have presuppositions as well. They come to a topic with ideas, um, with agendas, uh, and sometimes that's what leads to the conclusions, which are still called science, but they're not necessarily as scientific as the facts, that the, the bare facts themselves. So we do have a problem then when we start to bleed into these, this area of ethics. Yeah, and, and I think the hard thing is with ethics is that for an atheist who's talking about morals, um, and, and John, again, in that video that I referred to, John Lennox discusses this quite extensively, um, on what basis can we have ethics if there is no moral being behind the universe? Mm. Um, if it's just survival of the fittest, then whatever happens is right. Uh, and so if people decide for whatever scientific reason that we can get rid of a certain group of people, uh, well, so be it. What is, is right. Um, and now that wow. the, the atheist will come back at that and say, no, no, we've got an atheistic basis for morals. But I think when you compare the two of them in detail, um, there's still, a, there's, I, I personally feel that there's quite a weakness to it unless there's something outside that's giving us an external basis to our morals that actually says this is right. Uh, th this links back into the, one of the previous talks on hypocrisy. Yeah. Um, the whole idea of, well, I know that there's a right and I determine what it is, but how do you know that your right is the right? Um, can, can we determine those things for ourselves or do they need to come from somebody outside of us that actually has more knowledge than us, that's actually able to determine that, yeah, going down cloning is actually not a safe thing to do, so just stay away from there. Mm. I, think, I think we can recognise that uh, some things are potentially morally neutral and so the whole investigation of uh, atomic energy was morally neutral and yet, even then, when the facts were discovered about the power that's there, it was utilised by humanity to do really bad things with it. And so, obviously, the atomic bomb uh, came out of that and, it, and it's killed lots of people. It's created all sorts of radioactive waste um, implications for the environment. Because of that, um, we, even, even if something's morally neutral... It seems to be that because of the nature of humanity, uh, we twist that around and use it for bad ends. Uh, and so I'd say this, the whole thing with cloning, um, with investigating can cells differentiate, uh, and so stem cell research, um, all sorts of things like that are potentially morally neutral. But where are they going? Uh, inevitably, they're often going in bad directions and that's that's the problem with them it's not the discoveries of science themselves but the application of science and how they'll be used to control certain things that we probably shouldn't be trying to control well that leads me to my next question uh, you mentioned hypocrisy and uh, controlling things are christians hypocritical or inconsistent in their choice of scientific endeavors that they will or will not support uh, so for example and say that Christians seem very ready to embrace medicine if it will change someone's terrible health diagnosis and prolong life. Um, so, for example, something like chemo for cancer, we'd, uh, I think a lot of Christians would readily get on board with that. Um, but then they seem to reject euthanasia. Um, so are we picking and choosing the times when it is and isn't okay to play God? 
<laughs> yes, we are. Um, I, it's, a, it's a fascinating term, isn't it, that, that we're playing God. Um, I don't think that the use of medicine is playing God. It's a recognition that God has given us brains, uh, the ability to investigate uh, how certain drugs or naturally occurring things uh, affect our bodies. Uh, and so it's actually wisdom to use medicine. Uh, you, you take the example of Jehovah's Witnesses who, from their reading of the Bible, say you're not allowed to eat blood and so they rule out blood transfusions. Mm. Now, it, it, there's been a number of high-profile cases where the government steps in and say, this is causing damage to a child and so we'll overrule the parents' religious beliefs mm. because science here shows that we can save this child through something that's quite a simple medical procedure. Uh, and so we'll take the rights off the parents and we'll tell them what they should actually do in this case. Mm. Yeah, uh, I remember seeing a movie that came out not that long ago about that. I can't remember its name now. I don't know. Oh, it was quite good. It? Yeah, it was yeah. Basically that, that exact scenario. And, and, and so people would claim, well, Christians are being inconsistent because the Bible is saying these things and they're, they're happy to ignore them because this brings them a benefit. But when it makes questions of what their conclusions are, then they're willing to write them off. Um, I, I would argue that there's a different basis to the, why the decisions are being made. Um, medicine is not um, trying to control the end of life. Uh, it's trying to prolong life or to make life less painful. And so there's benefits to it uh, without playing God and determining when life ends. Um, and so the, the issue of ethics is coming back in here. What, on what um, authority do we have the right to determine uh, certain issues, uh, certain decisions? Uh, and some things are just outside of our rights to say, this is what I think is the right thing to do. Mm. Um, and so that's where I think that the, the bigger question is, is, is this an area which the Bible says these are the boundaries, this is the clear boundary of what you are and aren't allowed to do because this is how God has created us. Uh, and so humanity doesn't have the right to end life itself. Um, and that, that's something that's in the rep that, that God has said this is his right. Um, whereas medicine, he's clearly, uh, there's instructions within the Bible to use medicine, both in the Old and the New Testament. Uh, and so it seems that that God has given that to us as an appropriate tool to be using uh, to be making life better. Thank you. Uh, well, in your talk, you mentioned one of your first lectures at uni where the lecturer commenced their presentation with a pretty loaded opening line, uh, stating that men and women both have the same number of ribs. Mm. Uh, you pointed out that the sentiment behind this was a clear pushback against Christianity, against the Bible. Not that it makes claims about the human anatomy, but that the lecturer could have chosen just about any other body part of the skeleton and stated that men and women are built the same. Mm. Um, what do we do when scientists or scientific claims intentionally bait us? Uh, in this case, it seems with a pretty willful misrepresentation of the Bible. Uh, how should we respond to that? Yeah, um, I think in a lot of cases, we just let them go through to the keeper. Um, I, I certainly didn't raise my hand and ask her the question, oh, what are you saying here? Uh, and push back against it because it would have just created an unnecessary debate. Um, I think that for, for me, um, 
what I've recognized from what my professor was actually doing was she was making a really clear statement, not just about what she thought about the Bible, but what science is. Mm. And as I was starting a science degree, it was saying people don't want to have their treatment based upon assumptions or guesses. They want there to be a scientific basis for what you're doing. So if the physio brings out leeches to start getting rid of some bruising, then people are probably going to raise some pretty <laughs> significant questions because, well, what scientific basis do you have to the use of leeches? Um, and so the whole concept of placebo uh, treatments that are doing things just because they feel good but are not necessarily doing anything at the causative level for treating the injury. Um, and so I think that what my professor was actually trying to do was say that as we're doing science, we want you to do good science. We don't want you to just assume things, but to actually try to prove them. And so I think that the, the desire behind what she was saying, at least part of the desire, I think there was probably a mixed motivation, but at least part of the desire behind what she was saying is something that I can approve of and actually confirm there's actually a really good thing that we do want to be having evidence for the things that we're saying. Uh, we do want to be trying to work out uh, what is really going on here and have I jumped to conclusions? Have I have I looked at the, the bowling ball, ball and the feathers falling and just made a conclusion that looks right, but it's actually not, I haven't gone into enough detail. And so can I, can I look at science further and that actually help me to understand the world better? And, and I, I would say that yes, it really can. So how should we respond then um, when people are misrepresenting the Bible? So you've said, like, I, if I'm interpreting this correctly, hmm. you're saying, well, find the things that you can align with. Yeah. Find the, find the, the good in them, yep. in their argument. Yeah. Um, is that is that it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, we don't, if we push back automatically and try to correct, um, we're just going to create a debate. Uh, and, and this has been the case. This whole series is what we call an apologetic series. And yet when you look at um, people debating the type of issues that we've looked at traditionally, what it does actually end up being often is just a, I'm right, you're wrong. Uh, and there's no attempt to try to understand one another. Mm. And so the people go away from the debates, both assuming that they've won the debate. <laughs> I'm right, they're wrong. The other side says, oh, I was so clever, wasn't I? I showed him how he's wrong. And so yeah. whatever presuppositions you come into the debate with, you go out with, and you've just been further confirmed in what you already believed. Um, I think what we're trying to do in this series is show that by... Um, admitting to people that we think that there's actually some real weight to what they're believing and we can understand why that has such an influence on their thinking, um, that that's potentially disarming, mm. that we're actually saying, yeah, I really get where you're coming from, tell me more, um, and, and push the, the logic of where that's going. But as we do that, then we also show that there are inconsistencies, there are weaknesses in the logic, um, and people are often trying to hold to watertight arguments and we're showing that they're actually not watertight. And so that's what I've tried to do with science and showing that even though we argue that science is the ultimate determiner of all things, the reality is that even people who are scientists that are surgeons that are involved in doing brain surgery, they're then going out and living contradictory to science on other issues in their life 
why are they demanding that science must be held to in this particular area of religion? Uh, and so just showing that there are inconsistencies in all of our thinking um, and then trying to show that the desire is right, but there's an inconsistency there. But how does Jesus actually answer um, the desire that we have? And so the desire, I think, behind science is to have proof for things, um, to be objective, uh, to, to not be fooled by claims that can't be backed up. And so that's a really good desire. How does Jesus and the evidence that he provides both physically to Thomas, but also then historically to us, how can that actually lead to being confident um, that what's taken place means certain things? Uh, and so that's a, trying to show that their desire is good, their, uh, their, what they're aiming for is a good thing, but how they're trying to achieve that desire um, is misleading and Jesus can provide a better answer to that. Well, you may have already answered this question kind of in part anyway, but you did just mention Thomas, so let's go there. Um, he demanded empirical evidence for Christ's resurrection, uh, and he pointed out um, that this character is, is a skeptic who's come to be known widely as Doubting Thomas. Um, have you got any tips for us on how we can love and help the Doubting Thomases in our lives? And what encouragement is there for those who are genuinely trying to examine the facts? Yeah, um, I, I think that a lot of people are doubting Thomases. Um, and the reality is, is that because science has risen to its level of authority that it does have in our society, um, it's considered a good thing to be doing. It's almost a, a moral characteristic to be a doubter. Um, and I think it is something that we can encourage in people. Um, to be naive is not a good thing. Um, and so when people are raising questions um, to just dismiss them out of hand and say, oh no, this is what I believe uh, and I'm going to stick to it regardless does very much seem to go along with their accusation where well, you're just sticking your head in the sand and you're not willing to interact. I think we do have to have a reason for the things that we believe in. That's what we're encouraged to have in scripture. Uh, and so having logic behind the things that we believe is a good thing to do um, and being able to interact with um, the arguments against Christianity, um, to have some knowledge of the earth, not necessarily to be an expert on them, but to at least have considered them to show that you're willing to interact with the evidence uh, and try and deal with it. Um, I, I think that by showing that you're willing to interact with people and understand where, you, where they're coming from uh, is a really positive thing. I, in these debates between high-profile atheists and high-profile Christian teachers, um, there's often a really positive interaction between them. And yeah. even though they really, really strongly disagree with one another um, and they would write things in books saying that such and such is wrong, when they actually talk to one another, there's actually a really positive interaction. They try to understand each other. They empathize. There's um, respect there. Yeah, there's a real respect there. And if we can show that same kind of respect, uh, oh, you're not on my side, so I disagree with you and you're silly, um, but rather showing that, oh, yeah, there's a real basis to what you believe, but I disagree with your presuppositions. That's a very different argument mm. than just saying I'm right and you're wrong. Mm. Uh, and so interacting with the Doubting Thomases hopefully is going to be um, showing them that there are other ways to interpret the data. 
Well, thanks so much for your time today, Ken, and for your talk on Sunday. It was really helpful. Um, as usual, if you haven't heard this talk, um, you can access this one back online, um, wollongongbaptist.org, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for having me. You have been listening to Deeper by Wollongong Baptist Church. We'd love you to join us at any of our services this coming Sunday. For details and to hear further content, please head to our website at wollongongbaptist.org.